Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm John Sherburn. You're not Eddie Wilson. What are you doing with Eddie? <laughs> I stole his mic. Well, Eddie Wilson is on assignment in Wakanda, and we are going to tell you all, first off, how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Go on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Go on Twitter and Instagram at The Marvelous. And you can find us individually on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. I'm also on TikTok for God knows why. I'm going to be using it eventually. I assure you this. I assure you. At Peter Melnick, but better. And Eddie is on Instagram at... It's Eddie9193. That's beautiful. You have a better memory than I do. You are younger to, than me, so I have I get to that. listen to you guys do it every <laughs> single week. <laughs> oh, pity our audience. Anyway, go on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Tune in Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, we're on there. Also, you can find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, and share. Five star if you are ever so inclined, although we appreciate that. But remember, ice cream machine, McDonald's, etc. God, that joke gets so fucking tiring. Hey, I'm allowed to say one F-bomb per episode, so Especially that's my F-bomb. Especially if Eddie's not around. It, yep. Also, you can find us on Patreon, where for as little as $3 a month to as much as $8 a month, you can be able to support this here fine program. Spare for a $3 a month, you get our undying gratitude and thanks and a newsletter that I swear to God I will remember to send one day. He won't. Probably not. Well, (laughs) the funniest thing was Eddie gave me grief about the newsletter when I pointed out to all of you guys we're each going to alternate. I'll do it. I'll do the newsletter. You can do the newsletter. And then Eddie, Eddie, you're supposed to do the newsletter, so don't give me grief, young man, sir. Excuse me. Eddie, you got some splaining to do. (laughs) I can't believe I did a Ricky Ricardo impression and i can't believe i'm still doing it this is kind of insensitive you're gonna get canceled i'm just quoting ricky ricardo Mm, desi arnaz from the classic show i love lucy you can also get the show with support well not really get the show i don't know what i'm rambling about now but for as much as three dollars like i said you support the show you get our undying gratitude and an occasional newsletter whenever we feel like it for $5 a month, you go on a fantastic voyage. Ah. It's, it's, it's certainly a thrill. It's a thrill. <laughs> it's a ride. It's a thrill ride even. Hmm. Oh. But fantastic voyage. Myself, Eddie Wilson, and John Sherburn. And me. We all, exactly. We all go on the fantastic voyage, and we talk about the 102 plus, because it's technically, you got all of those, and you got the annuals, and you got the lost adventure, whatever. You got all of that good stuff. Every month, a issue-by-issue, recap-review, retrospective of the story, and we give insight. This month, it's December. As of this recording, we are going to be joined with Shane Hagedorn of An Honorable Mention Podcast, former Ring of Honor star, and now current all-elite wrestling writer, And next month, January, we're going to be covering issue number six, featuring Dr. Doom 
and Namor, and featuring a special guest co-host on that episode, Marvel editor Tom Brevoort joins us on the other end of the tin can and string. So this show, fantastic voyage. We got a lot of good stuff coming your way. And we got we got some uh, we got some other things down the pipeline for that. But when I say Patreon, I also mention that for eight dollars a month, you join the top tier. I don't remember what I call it. Something truest of true believers, I think. But, truest of believers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and for eight dollars a month, you support the show. You get everything from the previous two tiers. Like I said, undying gratitude and occasional newsletter, exclusive podcast content. By the way, three dollars also gets you early access to our main feed. So this episode, you're getting a day before it drops on the main iTunes or podcast feed. So there you are. But for eight dollars a month, you can be able to pick an episode topic of your choosing. Or if we don't think you suck you get to guest co-host. And obviously for the month of December, Jeremy Bagley was feeling a little under the weather, not able to do it, but he is our usual guest co-host for those because we think he does not suck. We think he's an absolute delight to have on the show and he's very funny. So you bring that same energy that he does if you're an $8 Patreon level tier supporter and we'll bring you on board. Maybe I should subscribe $8 tier and then I can guest co-host. (laughs) <laughs> that, we'll, that could, I, I'll pick DC as my uh, as my episode topic. Well, John, <laughs> funny you should mention that because originally this month we were supposed to do DC December, but as you know, with 2020, things mm. change every single goddamn month, and that's one of the things about this year that got me thinking. Well, what the hell is going on? And I thought this episode would be a fun little recap to talk about what is going on with everything. Our thoughts, our opinions on how this year ended, and what it could mean for the future of 2021. And I got to tell you, first off, just a little, you know, Barry Horowitz self-pat on the back over here, but I was really proud of how this year turned out because... In terms of podcasting, not in terms of a deadly pandemic virus, although that would be a terrible thing to you know give yourself credit for, but <laughs> in regards to this year, we dropped a lot of content. You know, we had a lot of really great guests: Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Paul Shear, uh, Tom Brevoort. In the very beginning, right before everything happened, you know, he was he was a in studio guest for that one. That was a great one. Some of those feel um, like years ago. I'm sh- like some. Of I them, know you're saying names that I'm. Surprise that we had on this year. <laughs> it was like, and longer. like I said, the Todd McFarlane one feels yeah. like a million years ago. Exactly, that was the one specifically. I was like, really, we had him on this year. We did just have him on once. We had him on twice for twice, the Toy yeah. Fair episode and for the main regular episode. Yeah, and again, there's just oh so much. And again, I apologize myself. I apologize heavily for how the audio quality of the straight up phoner ones would sound where I would be on the phone and Eddie would be in studio and the guest would be on the phone. I apologize for that. But unfortunately during these circumstances, (laughs) we can't help it, you know? So that was why at the point I wasn't able to come into the studio because of everything going on. So I didn't want to risk it. Didn't want to risk my health. Didn't want to risk Eddie's health. And we are very careful during these times in regards to what we can do. And, you know, but I digress. And there she goes. It, yeah, that it'll it's gonna happen. And one of the things, like I said, you know, all these guests, Paul Shear to you know pretty much end the year on a really high note. 
that's kind of awesome. So I know next year we we don't know what's going to happen convention-wise, if conventions will be a thing. We don't know if we're going to be doing any of that, if there's going to be anything going on in the tri-state area, but we'll keep you posted. But I think it, I think it, it really depends on how much of the vaccination stuff happens, how quick, like how much of that, once there's a, probably a certain percentage of people that are cleared, then I think it'll open up again. What I always talk yeah. about, though, is like, even if everyone's cleared to get together, how many people are going to actually want to right off the bat? Like, are people going to feel exactly. weird going to conventions, even if it's safe to right off the bat? Because it's been a year of none of that stuff, you know? Exactly. And yes, like, we'll see. Uh, it, it certainly cha- this year certainly changed how we view a lot of things. You know, going yeah. into a store, for example, is an arduous adventure. And I'm, you know, I go every week to my local comic shop still. I try and do my damnedest to support Main Street Comics over in Middletown, New York, by the way, if you can. I believe they do. Uh, you can call them up, order some stuff. Middletown, New York, Main Street Comics. Show Ooh. some support to uh, Pete Dolan and the gang. But in regards to that, you know, it's it's very cool to see that these shops are still thriving and still doing their damnedest because, you know, the holiday season as of this recording, we're recording on December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. And, you know, I am still in shock that in a lot of ways, the comic industry bounced back from this. I don't know the numbers or anything, but it shows how loyal the comic community can be. It it can be a very toxic, very annoying community. And I I realize, you know, I'm trying to put over a community, like being very positive, but then also say, but you guys kind of do still suck. But (laughs) it's it's true. There is very much a sense of loyalty and the bonds we make with a lot of these comic shops, the friendships we make. And, you know, it's funny because like right now I'm on a massive Star Trek kick and I'll go into the comic shop by me and I'll, you know, just hit up my, uh, you know, I'll just hit up the uh, owner for a Star Trek conversation for like, you know, 10 minutes or so. And then just, Mm -hmm. I awkwardly look away because I'm super nervous (laughs) sometimes still, but I digress. Um, You know, we build these friendships, we build these relationships in these comic communities and it's kind of cool. Well, I think there's there's infighting when it comes to like the intricacies of the medium, right? So people might fight about, about castings for actors. They might fight about this comic direction or whatever. But at the end of the day, when it comes to, the survival of the medium, everyone's on the same page. Nobody wants to see it go away. And with something like COVID, you could see something like comics busting over it. A lot of these industries are having trouble making money. So I think when it comes to something like this, it doesn't matter if people agree or disagree on things. You're all on the same page of everyone wants the comic industry to be strong. And so everyone's kind of united under that right now, which I think is interesting. I think it's a good thing. Comics are a weekly medium. It's a you yes. know medium where, you know, obviously Consistent. you can go to your Barnes and Noble, buy a paperback. You can go to Walmart nowadays and buy a paperback. Mm. But the comic shops thrive off of those weekly purchases. You know, those books that are sitting on the wall or on the spinner rack of what is this week. That's what is, you know, the lifeblood of the store because they're the return customers that it's. It's almost like drug dealers in a way. You just keep mm-hmm. coming back for that hit. And I unfortunately know that opinion so well in regards to comics because I'll go and be like, oh, man, I missed this first printing of a book. God damn it. God damn it. Mother f-. Just be really pissy that I missed that first one. And yes. 
you want to get the exact one. You want to get that because to be honest, I don't really, when it comes to comics, I really hate second, third, fourth, or even fifth printings, but sixth printings, those were, no. Those are um, myths. But Love sixth printings. First printings of books, like I prefer doing first printings because of the fact no one buys later printings. Like they are next to worthless in many ways. But the reason I go after the first printings is because, hey, you never know what might happen one day if I have to sell my collection. And if I have a first printing of a book versus a fourth printing, I think you know which book will be sold first. Of course. So just, it's a thing I keep in the back of my mind. Well, I can't, you know, do second printing. I can't mm. do this. I, plus it's also, there's that, that small part of me, it's really weird where I'm just like, you're not a real fan if you didn't buy this first printing. Ooh. Like I do that to myself and you I'm like, mother. little toxic boy, you can't do that. I do it to oh. myself, which is worse. <laughs> Self-toxic. That's rare. But it's, it's like certain books, like uh, what's it called? Al Ewing's Sword, which, by the way, big shout out to Al Ewing for the success of everything this year for him. And next year is going to be the grand finale of his Immortal Hulk run, ending at issue number 50, I believe. He's currently on issue number 41. So mm. best of luck to you, man. This is going to be a fun time. But with Immortal Hulk and, you know, his book, when Sword came out, my request to my comic shop was, hey, uh, if you guys have first printing, I'll buy it, but I will not be buying it if it's the second printing version. Because, again, just in case, you know, falling on hard times, got to sell my stuff. value. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, like, I don't want to have this, the second printing. If I have to go, yes. if I because I will read the book, if I then missed out on the first printing, Hello, comicsology.com. <laughs> so I think it's interesting with this year because we, we, you look at comics, it's one of the first years in a decade or more where the actual comics had a better year than the films. <laughs> for the last like decade, yeah. every year, it's like the Marvel films have been the top blockbuster films Marvel's known for and they're most popular with the movies. And this year, we saw that disappear completely. It was unprecedented in terms of film. I think this was the like lowest budget. This is the lowest selling film year in history since maybe the 30s. So it's kind of crazy to see that change. And I think like that's just we should talk about that for a minute here. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing about this that it also bums me out. Like Marvel really did other than the new mutants movie that came out and Hellstrom on Hulu. Nothing happened. By the way, I forgot Hellstrom came out. I didn't realize. As far as I can tell, it is out. I haven't done my research for this, but I remember seeing Hellstrom canceled after one season. I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Um, Which it's funny because everyone was hyped for all of these movies this year. We were going to be getting Black Widow. We were going to be getting Eternals. We were getting summer movie that I forgot what it was going to be. But... We were, I think, no, we were supposed to get Venom. We were supposed to get Morbius. Mm-hmm. And everything got pushed to next year. And I'm looking at technically what could be next year. Oh, my God. Like, in terms of Marvel, this is both shows and movies. 2021 is going to be ridiculous. 2021 is basically the equivalent of, like, you have a water hose, right? And you <laughs> squeeze it a little bit, and the water just stays there, and then you let it go and like that. Yes. What I think they're trying to do is I think this year, 2020, they were supposed to just be continuing the movies, start phase four, and 
the TV shows were at best, I think, going to come out towards the end of the year. I think the 2021 is always supposed to be television focused because if you look there's what six series coming out in 2021 it's a huge yeah it's a dump of series coming out next year from like wandavision at the beginning of the year to eventually miss marvel i think the last one that's coming out but yeah now we're getting that as well as four movies it's gonna be a huge packed year which is great for us too because we're gonna get to review all this stuff and go through well 2021 is going to be the following and this is just from memory, so I haven't got them all down exactly. But we're going to be getting, yeah, we're going to be getting uh, WandaVision, yep. Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, um, What If, mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel, yes, Hawkeye. That's the that's the shows. You got them all. Ding ding ding. In a year. Yes. That's nuts. But here's, by the way, on the topic of the uh, Disney Plus shows. I'll be honest, there are a lot of people out there that are kind of bummed out that in the course of a year, other than the movies that, you know, would launch on there, there was no new Disney Plus content. Not really, no. For Marvel. Except for the uh, Marvel 616 documentary, the uh, the one show with the kids. I forgot what it was. That's how much I really care about it. <laughs> um, and I think maybe animated series that first ran on Disney. Yes. And then they came they to Disney Plus. Too. I think, but, and and keep this in mind here, I think they're going to buy MGM. Because MGM's just went up for sale like today or yesterday for $5 uh, Yeah, billion. for $5 billion. So I th- Which is yeah. nothing. So I think that, I think that it's either going to be Disney, maybe Netflix is probably going to buy that. I mean, it could, maybe someone like Apple will, but I, I'm not sure. Um, but so that could be a potential addition for them in the coming, you know, weeks or months or whatever. Um, if it happens, it's the definition of a monopoly, but I mean, they're already kind of the, what was it in 2019? Like 40% of the movies that got released were, um, Disney owned in some capacity, which is ridiculous. It's not a market majority, but it is more by such a significant margin than any other content producer can argue someone saw in theaters. So that's the that's the difference is they're not legally monopolies, but they are making up a significant percentage more of what we're seeing than anything else, which is dangerous. <laughs> if, it, you know, in the wrong hands or with the wrong ideologies or whatever you want to say, it can be dangerous because it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, so 2021, what? are you most excited for first in terms of films and then in terms of series? If you had to pick like one for each category, what are you most excited for and why? In terms of film, I would say now is Spider-Man still coming out next year? Spider-Man is coming out at the end of the year unless they push it back. I think it's Spider-Man. The last, I would it's say the last film being released. I would say film wise, that is the one I'm most excited for because of all of the rumor and innuendo casting going on right now mm. where Every single clickbait website has a theory or has said something. And I just, you know, again, from the previous episode, I want to acknowledge again, other than Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina, who were both confirmed through the uh, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all the other ones are bullshit. As of right now, as of this recording on December 23rd, 2020, the year of our Lord, that's all bullshit. We don't know what's going on. Give me Toby. Well, I, I'm fine with I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the idea of bringing in Andrew Garfield. But what I'm curious about with this is, you know, people are saying 
oh, they're going to bring in Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Like, you know, there's a website that I won't give credit to because I don't feel they deserve it. But, you know, there this website went on about it saying, oh, Charlie Cox, according to our very trusted sources. Now, there this is a very slippery slope saying something like very trusted sources. If you're not a real proven commodity, you shouldn't say any of this stuff because there are going to be people like me that go, well, I'm calling bullshit. But I also am one of those people that can't go to you and say, well, name your sources. Because I don't know if you know this. If you name your sources, that's how you lose your sources. Yeah, you can't do it. So I would not, if I was this website that again, they can go suck, you know, they can go suck it. Uh, I would, you know, not say things like very trusted sources. Just be like, hey, Charlie Cox is returning. According, you know, don't say very trusted sources because first off, that's really poor writing. Maybe that's just me, but that's very poor journalistic writing. But whatever. What you gotta but, do the old you gotta do the Wall Street Journal take and say to according to people familiar with the matter. That's that yes. is the creme that de works. la creme. Exactly. It's very creamy. And <laughs> one of the, one of the other things you had asked me just now was in regards to what shows am I interested mm-hmm. in. That's very to be honest, I'm hyped for WandaVision. So it's it feels like I'm hyped for the beginning of the year and I'm hyped for the end of the year. Yes. But I would say that, uh, WandaVision, and a little bit of uh, Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel. Hawkeye is going to be... I hope and pray they go for the same tone as the Matt Fraction David Aha run because if you get the chance to read it, definitely check it out. It is one of the absolute best. And, you know, we're already seeing, like, photos of Kate Bishop, you know, Lady Hawk guy. We're seeing Lucky the Pizza Dog showing up. And that dog loves pizza, just just <laughs> so you know. He, he loves pizza. It's in the name. Yes. And it's also making me realize I can probably eventually flip my Hawkeye number one from that run that I paid $10 for. So... Could be good. Yeah, yeah I, I, yeah. I think that the stuff you mentioned is is solid. I think the Eternals is interesting. Um, one thing I've been thinking about recently when it comes to the movies is it's either going to be... It, they're going for a lot of weird stuff now with the movies. Like You can tell they're very much expanding plot-wise what they want to do. So I can either see it going well for them or not well. They're, they're, gonna getting, they're getting into the concept of like multiverses and stuff that's going to get touched upon in Spider-Man 3 and then obviously Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness 2022. And so you're seeing they're starting to spread out with like they're going to it's going to get bigger. It's going to get more complex. And I think if they do it right, it's going to really satisfy a lot of people. But there's two ways it could go wrong. If they make it too complicated for the average audience and they lose their majority audience and then they get their funding pulled or they get slated to have less wiggle room. Or if they simplify complex stuff too much, they have like a multiverse thing going, but they're not really leaning into it. They might alienate another aspect of their audience that said, I was really excited for this. And then you guys watered it down. And so I do think there's they're in the middle of two very difficult things and they have to balance not doing either of them because I think you could really alienate half your audience if you go either way with something like that. So I think it's very important to 
I'm, I'm curious how they're going to walk the line with stuff like a multiverse. That's never been done in film dun, before. Dun, so. dun, 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 dun. Walk the line, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I really had to shoehorn that reference in. Oh, we'll, but, we'll get it in there. But in regards to the whole multiverse aspect, a lot of people are saying, you know, Spider-Verse was the uh, inciting incident for this decision to go towards this. And if I'm being honest, you know... Yes, of course, Spider-Verse is definitely the impetus in a lot of ways for Marvel to want to do this. But I'm going to be bold and say I think more so it is the decision of the distinguished competition to do the crossover event Crisis on Infinite Earths. Because Interesting. They went all out with that. Like this was one of those things where when it happened... I was seeing, you know, hearing, oh, so-and-so showed up, so-and-so showed up. And then Ezra Miller from the main DCEU yep. shows up. Which is big. And that, that was when they did that. I was just like, holy shit, they're actually treating this serious. Because here's the thing about it. If we got that on the big screen from Marvel, I'm going to be the guy that would say, honestly, I think they would just reference the movies. And none of the TV shows would get acknowledged. But now because Marvel sees, hey, these audiences really do care. Hashtag Save Daredevil is still going on. Vincent D'Onofrio is heavily pushing to return as Wilson Fisk. But he needs to. He does. He absolutely does. But then again, you know, I've heard other casting choices and I'm just like, that's pretty damn good too. Like, honestly, the the uh, wrestler of the big show, yes, I think that would be actually really good. He's got acting chops. Why not give it a shot? Well, but um, in regards yeah. to you know the the crisis on infinite earths, when they did that, like I said, they referenced everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Mm-hmm. Batman eighty nine, they referenced. They yep. referenced the DC universe shows like Titans. I believe uh, Doom Patrol got acknowledged. Yes, I think so. And again, if Marvel was doing this like three years ago, before everything happened, we would see the Marvel movies and maybe like they would play it safe. What can they really acknowledge? Well, we can't acknowledge Blade because the film rights, while we have them again, the original movies are owned by New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, which is really, Mm -hmm. really funny. Um, (laughs) Or we can reference, you know, like maybe a TV show or two. And that would have been the uh, most of it, probably. Like, you know, bring out Luferigno as Hulk or bring out um, maybe reference like the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man. That's really about it. But on the flip side, you know, now everything's happening. You're hearing, oh, we like again, the BS rumor. Oh, Charlie Cox. If that's the case. Holy crap. They're doing something that a lot of people wanted to see with Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. You know, acknowledging that universe. Because, to be honest, those characters, we are so we were so heavily invested in them because we had more time to spend with them. Yes. And I will continue to say that. That's It's such a great storytelling technique. Well, there's, there's two re- things happening, I think, right now that is that are very important for the future of what's going on with Marvel. Like, you see right now, TV is so much more important than it ever has been or more much more so much more respected than it ever has been i think partially due to just you know stuff like hbo or some of the netflix originals that are just making really solid content you're starting to see people respect television more people are watching tv you're seeing record lows for movie theaters even before coronavirus and so 
you're seeing that there is starting to have a switch. And especially now with streaming platforms being so important, this year has kind of nailed the coffin close on cable a bit more than before even. And so you're seeing that streaming services are becoming more important. You're seeing that I've been talking about this for a few years. You're seeing that audiences like when mediums blend. They love having crossovers between books and movies and television and, and all these different things. And so what you're having the opportunity now to do is you, they have the opportunity to connect their stuff. And so they want to go for the multiverse. It's perfect because what they're going to do, I'm positive. If they don't, I'll be shocked is they're going to start doing these television shows and these television shows are going to make them a lot of money and they're going to be pretty popular. So what are they doing? They're populating all of their television shows with movie actors, which is something you didn't see for a very long time. There was almost never crossover. You do TV and when you're good enough, you'd go to film. And so, but now they have like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which they're pretty much saying is a movie split into like a miniseries. They have WandaVision that's obviously film actors. You're having these different things like Loki and stuff too that have film actors from their movies in it. If that goes well, those people are already in house. If that goes well, then you're going to have stuff like Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, stuff like that. And what they're building, in my opinion, is they're building like the equivalent of like the Earth 2 in DC. I know that. Marvel has some of these things as well, but they're building just secondary universes. And what I think is going to happen is eventually they're going to match those universes up. They're going to have the the Earth of the movie universes and the Earth of the TV collide at some point. And you're going to see Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight not just as a television character, but as a character in the films as well. You might see a Charlie Cox as well. I think it's interesting. I think it's a really interesting idea. If they pull it off, it'll be cinematic history. It'll 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 change maybe yeah. the future of the entire medium. And it's funny because, you know, everyone is still speculating. You know, everyone's been talking about Blade. They've been talking about the Fantastic Four. But one brand has been heavily ignored, and that's the X-Men. And everyone's wondering, where are the X-Men? Why aren't the X-Men here? It's literally, again, I think I've referenced it on a previous episode, Fat Tony talking to Marge. Where is my money? I don't see my money. <laughs> I'm thinking about my money. Where are the X-Men? Why don't I see the X-Men? I am looking for the X-Men. And, you know, this past year with Hasbro, they did for the 20th anniversary, the X-Men movie toys. And even Funko. Funko went all out with the Funko Pops of characters we never got to see as pop figures mm-hmm. with these. We, we even got shitty Deadpool and when I say shitty Deadpool, you know exactly who I'm referring to from X-Men Origins Wolverine with the zipped up mouth. <laughs> I we like got a that pop- Deadpool. He was scary when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, but when you know Deadpool, you're just like, oh, yeah, you took that's, the Merc that's with the mouth. That's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. That's not a fair Deadpool. And it's it's just really funny that all of these versions of the characters, they are getting remembered for this, but it's also, well... Does this mean we're going to see potentially a couple of these characters sprinkled into the main MCU, these iterations? Because for the past 20 years now, one man has been synonymous with a character. And like everyone goes on that Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man. Well, Hugh Jackman made Wolverine. And Logan was the swan song. And it would bum me out if that masterpiece of a movie and I will say that that it is in my top three superhero comic book movies of all time if that was dismissed for you know everything that it accomplished just to see him show up and say oh 
oh, hey, Winter Soldier, how are you today, <laughs> bub? But, you know, there's just something about if he does show up, I probably will forget, you know, oh, yeah, Logan was the finale, and then just be like, oh, my God, it's Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, ah! It's going to be that. <laughs> so, you know, you take off the critical analysis hat and put back on the fanboy cap, which is just a Marvel hat, and you get excited, you know, you see this and it's like, it's the childhood fantasy of playing with your toys and seeing it come to life. And I am very curious to see what we could get with all of this. And I'm also wondering how deep would they go on referencing things? Because if this happens in the quote unquote multiverse, are we going to get Legion? Legion was a very under-the-radar show, but it was critically acclaimed. It was a good show. I liked it a lot. And could we see him, you know, involved? Or does Marvel feel, well, while it was, you know, a popular show, it wasn't really a rating success. Not everyone knew the character. And if this character shows up on screen, how much backstory can we really give? That's, you that know? Is fa- that's a fair... That is a fair argument. I... And... Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's just it's it's a very interesting uh thought process behind it. Yeah, I think it's 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 interesting. When you so uh, here's another little like question. So we're looking at the future here of Marvel. Is there anything that you don't think you're gonna ever see that you'd like to see in or, or things that you know you you're hopeful for down the line in terms of a character coming on screen or a comic getting realized is what what would you what is there one or two things that you think you'd want to see if possible ever well i don't think i'm ever going to see in the marvel universe a man eat his own head although you know th- stranger things have happened stranger but things have happened in regards to it i really don't know because they do exceed my expectations on a lot of things like something will happen and you're just like oh i never thought we would see that and right now for the longest time you know i knew moon knight would happen i didn't know when i didn't know how yeah and there one event i would love to see would be the secret warps or not secret warps infinity warps where they would take characters and then mash them up where you would have uh, Soldier Supreme, which was the uh, Doctor Strange Captain America mashup. You had uh, Arachnite, the Moon Knight Spider Man mashup, and other character who they made a pop vinyl of that I don't remember the name of. You know the one. Um, but there's all these different characters, and it would be interesting to see mashups because audiences find stuff like that interesting, but. I don't know if they would be as bold to go in that direction. I would love to yes. see it, but I don't think it'll ever happen for a, a very long time. Here's what, one thing I have thought about is I would love to see an animated series on Earth X, like the Earth X storyline. I think that could be really cool. I'm surprised they haven't gone after any, like adapting yeah, a I lot of the a, Alex Ross stuff. I think Alex Ross has some very, some stuff isn't super adaptable, but a lot of it's very adaptable. I think Earth X could be a really cool miniseries, almost like a what if, like a season of just having, a, I think I love, you know this, I love the alternate universe stuff that, you know, maybe isn't always canon, but I think it's always very interesting to see people you know in very different situations. And something like an Earth X, I think would translate 
really well and give audiences a very different view of the thing. I think, but I think it's ballsy. So I don't know if they'll actually do it. You know, I'm always um, wondering if we will ever see a Marvel versus DC movie. Oh my God. Maybe if DC steps their game up and they, maybe they'll get less salty and maybe <laughs> because to be honest, that's what people love. People love the concept. That's why what if is such a, you know, a heavily anticipated show from a lot of us. Yes. It's because what if this happened? But then you have to have two companies realize, well, one of us has to take the fall. And or the other doesn't, one doesn't want to, to do that. They find a way to figure it out. I don't think we'll see that unless, mark my words, unless superheroes stop being popular. If the superhero genre become, it will eventually, they'll take a break eventually. Um, and I think when they start to lose their audience, they might do a big mashup to just try and hail Mary it. But I don't think you'll see it before then until they have yeah. nothing to lose. Once they stop being popular, maybe if our kids don't like it or some shit. But I think generally you'll see it be a mainstay for a while. Um, but that's the only time I'd be able to say that. Another. And there's a you want a fan cast from me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think. If I, when they, for Fantastic Four, I would like to see Vince Vaughn Doom. Huh. Come on. See, a lot of people have been going on saying uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you know, because he's playing every single bad guy. He would be great. But tell me if Vince Vaughn Doom wouldn't be fucking hilarious. Vince Vaughn as Doom would be pretty damn good. And I would love to see that. Because then that means we have both members of the Wedding Crashers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's so easy. Vince Vaughn Doom. It fits. They don't even have to. They can name him that. That could be the guy's name in the movie. I think I like, they could have him as Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, the actor, is in Marvel. Vince Vaughn, the actor, becomes Doctor Doom. Vince Vaughn Doom. Now, another thing that I've been thinking about, they're heavily... A lot of people want to see him show up on the big screen in live action. We've got him in animation. We've got him in the comics. Do you think Miles Morales is ever going to happen? And the reason I ask that is because the video game is doing gangbusters. The character has done so well in terms of all sorts of merchandising. But it's so going to happen. It's so going to happen the second Tom Holland is gone. I saw fan art for something the other night on uh, Instagram, and I threw it up on my story on there because it's just so damn cool. Mm-hmm. But Marvel likes doing a lot of dystopian stories of, you know, post-apocalyptic where all the characters are dead or this. I, it's the end of the world. Sexy. I, I love stuff like that. I love it. <laughs> Marvel did this past year an event called The End, where it was like mm-hmm. one-shot one, one shot stories, Doctor Strange, The End, you know, the final stories of all these characters. Yes. And one of the stories was Miles Morales, The End. And it's, you know, old man Miles Morales running around being Spider-Man for one last time. And the fan art I saw was Giancarlo Esposito as Miles Morales. That's Everyone weird. casts him... But it it looked natural. And I, if they do, like, yeah, I guess for old man Miles Morales, they could do it. I've always said, too, if this took off maybe 10 years prior, I think that a young, like, I'm talking, like, during Community, Donald Glover fits it well as well. Not now. Oh, but yeah. I've always said that's a missed opportunity, unfortunately. He was perfect. Like, in 2012, he'd be a perfect Miles Morales, I think. He but did play Miles Morales, though. I, I'm i aware. 
Yeah, he did not, play not him in the, the end series. Him to, not the way I wanted him to. But, I mean, honestly, it's it's. I think it's also it was a neat little nod to the you know to uh, the impact of Miles Morales and Donald Glover that mm-hmm. he showed up in the first new Spider Man movie. Yes. Which I, I always forget he's thing. in that. Yes, he is. As a cameo or whatever. And he's Prowler. Mm-hmm. And again, one of the things about the Spider-Man movies that I both love and hate is how they jam-pack everything in. And it's the same complaint I have about the X-Men movies where yes. subtle Easter eggs for the hardcore fans. They do that oh so much in the Spider-Man movies. A lot of villains show up in the first Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. You have the Tinkerer, you have the Prowler, you have Shocker, you have, of course, Vulture. But right there alone, you have four villains that show up. Four villains in one movie immediately. Come on. Like, if they wait, just wait. Do do four movies with one of those villains each and then do a Sinister Six. It's not hard. Well, rumor and innuendo is Spider-Man 3 might be the... Uh, the uh, Sinister Six movie. It's happening either for three or four. Like, it's going to happen. It would be stupid if they didn't do that. I liked They've one fan name. Well, I love that they, you know, they've been continuing the trend of home in Spider-Man in the titles. Yes. And someone suggested if they do it as a Sinister Six movie, Spider-Man, home by six. Nice. That would be dumb, I think but funny. I would actually really love that name. Like, I had a big, stupid smile when I saw that. If eventually they end up doing the multiverse, they got to have Spider-Man stuck in the multiverse, and then they can call it, they can call it, Dude, Where's My Home? Oh, God. Come on. John, John, John. Tell me me that's not, and then, and then it's for no reason other than the fact that he sucks, he's stuck in between all the timelines. Tom Holland goes away. You have Ashton Kutcher playing the same exact character. I think they could do well, you it. Know, you know who I would love to see is if they do this whole Spider-Verse live action one right, mm. you got to acknowledge the animated one. You have to acknowledge Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And there's one way you can do it. We have Spidey traveling through all the different multiverses or whatever they're going to do. I would really love to see him meet Spider-Ham, played by John Mulaney. That would be funny if, I mean, do you hear the news with John Mulaney recently? Uh, yes, I did. He even managed to make that's, that wholesome. Good for him. That's unfortunate as hell. I hope so. If he's, if he's cool, eventually, if, he, you know, if he's on his feet and doing all right, then that's fine. But I could also see that t- he could, I'm not sure, you know. It's, it's very interesting that, you know, the character, like, I'm still in shock that Spider-Ham is something that mainstream audiences now know. Yeah, it's weird. That's how it and seems to go, though. It happens all. It seems to be happening all the time now. They're ta- they're doing a great mix of doing mostly mainstream stuff, but sprinkling in concepts. The question and is: I'll Are those c- concepts ever going to come back in different way? Like, are you ever going to have? There's certain things like with Hulk. They kind of teased Smart Hulk stuff that you might see some variant colors and variant personality Hulks maybe in the future, but maybe not. Maybe that's all we're ever going to get out of that. I don't know. And that's the thing I notice. He actually has varying shades throughout the, throughout all of the movies. I don't know if you notice that. Yeah, I mean, when he's in different places, he seems to, you know, a darker green or a 
paler, etc. Which so maybe they're teasing it. I think it's it's very smart. Again, mm-hmm. we've we've got such a long way ahead of us for the next couple of years. We don't know what could happen, but I'm very anything. hopeful. Yeah. Could even be a boat. You know how much we've wanted one of those? We'll see. Sorry, ra- random family guy reference. Anyway, mm-hmm. um I think this is going to wrap this episode up though because like I said, you know, we're going we're a little pressed for time. This is uh the holiday season as we're recording and you know, it's also comic book day, new comic book day. I'm going to be going to my local comic shop within the hour and yeah. Support your local comic shop. I have a question quick. We can cut this if the answer is no. But I have a question quick. Are you guys, are are we planning on reviewing the content that comes out this year? Like the TV shows and stuff? Stay tuned, true believers. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm John Sherburn. Excelsior. Excelsior. You're not Eddie. Excelsior. Excelsior.